Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow, the editors of said website, Mavs Moneyball. It's about 9.45 on Thursday night, October 27th. We're somehow recording at 9.45 at night, despite a 6.40 tip-off. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks prevailed <laughs> over the Brooklyn Nets, 129 to 125, and an overtime game that featured how many 70 or 65 free throws, uh, 51 called fouls. Good gracious! It the, it was a game that just really just kept going. Uh, the Mavericks won. <laughs> um, in uh, I, I'm I'm tempted. Uh, a local sports personality tweeted, "The Mavericks are good. Get over it." Which was outstanding way to end the game. It was a really fun game, weird game. Not really sure how to talk about it. Uh, how are you, Josh? I'm good. Um, it was definitely there were some shaky moments, and I think I don't think I would have logged on to Twitter uh, if the Mavericks lost this game and dropped to what would they have been? They'd be one and three with the Knicks three and one, and Jalen Brunson looking good. Like I just. I would yeah. like not to say that I would have been like mad or like this. I just don't want to deal with it four games in. I just do not want to deal with overreaction or just, I, and I understand, you know, your big thing is, you know, fans are fans. You, you know, we should get mad from time to time. Cause like Pat people are passionate following the team, but I just would have, I would have tried to avoid everything. So it's really good that they won. Um, I think that they did some things better than their last game against the Pelicans. I think they did maybe some things uh, not as good uh, against the Pelicans, but they did what they needed to do. They needed to get a win, and you know, you just you can look at the schedule and sets up a lot nicer for them for like the next two weeks. They play a lot of games at home, so trap games. But yeah, but at, this is the kind of game OT win on the road yeah. against. You know, we might not think Brooklyn is good, but I'm sure. Those guys on the floor when they're playing against Durant and Kyrie Irving, they have a, probably a different perspective. Yeah, on that group sure. of guys. So, like, this could be the kind of win that galvanizes you into into making a good run. You hope and, so. You yeah. hope so because you know we got on here the other night and two of the Mavs losses to date. Both Mavs losses you can attribute to miss. I, I I really earnestly think that you can attribute to Mavericks mistakes over getting beat by a better team. Yeah. And that's that's sort of been the theme, and that's why I could understand if you're a big-time Mavs partisan who thinks that they can win 55 games or whatnot, there's not really been a ton to dissuade that. But the mistakes that have been made up until tonight, and really in tonight too, are ones that I just – I'm not sure what we're, what we're learning so far because my my takeaway like i have two like two takeaways from this game seriously and i'm sure we'll have more once we talk about it but my first takeaway is luka Doncic. you wrote an article you actually wrote an article about how the spacing is is uh, defenses are, are staying home on shooters so a response that i talked about and and i think you kind of laughed it off. You're like, he's just going to get beat up too much. Was Luca going to the rim more? Luca took 22 two point shots tonight and made 12 of them. Um, <laughs> he is doing like, so my first real takeaway Luka Doncic, obvious exceptional basketball player. My goodness. My second takeaway, and this is really like about all I got. And I, I'm curious what you think is like, I thought Josh Green in 13 minutes gave Dallas real. This was the first Josh Green game. Granted, he's three for three from the field, four rebounds. Um, he had one turnover, whatever. 
he he played like he he did the more than the cardio and i thought he had really nice defense on Kyrie Irving and i i until he hurt his ankle i felt like he was getting the kind of looks that Dorian Finney-Smith was getting last year that Dorian no longer gets cuz they just left him alone they said okay Josh Green beats us he beats us and Josh Green scored 9 points in a game that was decided by 4 and I feel like that's pretty important, but that is about all I have. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we talked about uh, after the Pelicans game, the Pelicans had eight guys in double figures, and we were kind of lamenting about how the Mavericks roster is so focused on they basically only have three guys that can dribble and and, and score, and every and all the other guys are just reliant on whatever Luca and Dinwiddie can create. And while the balance was, I mean, Luca scored 41 of the 129 points, so obviously it's not like they were extremely balanced but they had um six guys in double figures and that just that just makes a difference man when especially with four of them coming off the bench when i think against the pelicans like the bench combined to score maybe like what 15 points or so like outside of wood sorry i I keep i (laughs) kind of Freudian slip. I kind of considered Wood a starter there. Almost sure. even considered yeah, a starter type thing. But the non the non Wood bench players, like three of them, uh, scoring in double digits matters. Like Hardaway came back and he had a good game, and that like you could feel that in his minutes. When those minutes in the Pelicans games where he was gone, those were filled by Composo and more Green. And Composo only had to play three minutes tonight. Yep. Like you know, that's a that's a big difference, and especially with the way teams are guarding, like Hardaway is maybe the only guy on the roster that is, I mean, in terms of like being a movement shooter, like we talk about relocation and and moving without the ball and catching off screens and being comfortable shooting in transition and then being comfortable shooting when it's not necessarily a perfect clean open look. Um, that makes a big difference. Like a couple of his threes, they're not bad shots necessarily, but like a defender maybe closes out a little closer than you, than you think. And, but he still had the confidence to fire away. And those aren't necessarily the type of threes that like, Bullock or or Denny, or Finney Smith or Kleber are going to take, and again, it's not a knock on those guys. It's just different skill set kind of thing, you know. So that made a big difference. Like you know, Green scoring ten points, Hardaway coming back from a sore foot, scoring eighteen points. Like that kind of felt like well, they shot fifty percent from three as a team. And that defense is just abysmal. That's <laughs> a real like Ben Simmons played a. I thought like Luca actually scored on him a couple of times. I was really surprised about, but. Ben Simmons is still just such a stellar defensive player, but he's about it. Like the rest of them can't guard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in terms of takeaways, you know, the Luca shooting more two pointers was great. Only six total threes is awesome. Uh, another thing I noticed is there, there's like a feat, like it's clear that this team is still figuring some things out despite the fact that they've bringing back so many players. And the thing that I'm noticing, I don't have, I mean, they had 17 turnovers tonight and turnovers were really bad for them uh, in this game, especially in the second half. Uh, And I've just been thinking like, I I don't have the turnovers up for the previous games, how many they had. So I don't know if this is actually. They've they've been having turnover problems in spurts where. And I'm thinking, oh, go Go ahead. ahead. No, I was just thinking like, I don't want to bring up uh, old wounds, but like. You know, Jalen Brunson was a guy who just mm. literally never turned the ball over. Yeah. And that was a starting guard that played 30 plus minutes a night that you remove from the lineup and you don't, you know, you're replacing his minutes with basically just more minutes from guys that are already on the team. And like this season, Brunson has six turnovers total this season in four games. So right. like 
the turnovers are going to go up, right? Like, there's nothing you can really like. You know, you're playing well, at eleven against minutes. the Pelicans, which is a little okay. bit that's surprising. pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then I'm pulling out the Grizzlies. That's kind of a wash. But against the Suns, I remember this specifically. I'm pulling up the box score just to make sure they only had twelve turnovers against the Suns, but they had six in one quarter. Yeah. Um. So, so there's yeah. Tonight, ahead, tonight was like a sloppy. There were some elements of of like like McGee had three turnovers. Like what? How? Yeah. Like there's going to be those like with as they're figuring out how to play without kind of that Brunson safety blanket because I mean literally the guy just never turned the ball over. Yep. Like it makes sense that they occasionally have a five minute stretch where things look really weird and sloppy because in those five minute stretches last season that was Brunson running the show. You know, like. There's something to be said that Dinwiddie came off the, you know, Dinwiddie was coming off the bench last year for the, you know, for the most part. So right. he's a starter now. He's getting more minutes. He's he's getting more important touches than he did last season. So there's going to be, they're trying to figure that out, like how to how to play without Brunson and how to play without that security blanket. How they can, you know, how can they still keep running offense? And the good thing is, you know, they're still scoring a crap ton of points. Like offense is not necessarily well, been the issue. Are cool. So yeah. if you were to guess. What Spencer Dinwiddie is shooting from three through three games? What would you think? Oh, it's I would think very high. Like he, he has 20, 23 attempts, huh? and he has thirteen makes. Over he is shooting fifty six percent from the from beyond the line. So it's like <laughs> that that's gonna go down by like twenty percentage points, given enough. <laughs> You think, but he he shot like forty something percent with the Mavs last year. Like, how I many games does he it. have to play to where we're like, all right, I guess. He's figured it out, you know. He was, but he's a thirty-one percent three-point shooter. For I know it's career. crazy. Like, I just, I, I mean, I guess it's if we're talking about catch and shoot versus you know off the dribble pull up, etc. I don't know. He's, he's, I like his shots that he's taking. I've not he's thought taking he's taking catch and bad shoot. shots. Yeah, yeah. His, I think with Dinwiddie, his issue tonight is that the non when he's not when he's the lone point guard, the Mavericks were actually pretty good last year when Dinwiddie. I mean, it wasn't a big sample, so, so mm-hmm. that's what it says. But when Dinwiddie played without Luka and Brunson last year, the Mavs offense actually performed pretty well. Not like killer, but like above average. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for when your star's not off on the floor. But the the non-Luka, Spencer-only point guard minutes tonight were were difficult. Um, yeah. I mean, so and that's, that's where, something they got to figure out. Like, you're right. I, I probably should have harped on the Hardaway stuff. That's the first good game Tim Hardaway's had since 2020 one he makes a big difference man when he's good he well it's he's getting good looks it's just they were going to go down but he had a couple of really tough ones tonight like that were guarded and it's just he's such a rhythm player makes you wonder how you know he's just going to get things going already talked about green i really like just i don't need him to hit three threes a game i need him to shoot three threes a game he's got to keep these defenses honest if he's going to play 15 to 20 minutes they need to find him three to four shots i just they have to um the wood stuff was weird, and I don't know how to properly contextualize it. He got into foul trouble in the first half, and then, you know, where things have gone sideways uh, for Dallas in, in in both of their losses, and really they went sideways tonight too, only they pulled out of it, is there's a stretch of game where, because uh, I want to say that, that um, Christian Wood plays from like the six-minute mark to about, the eight, the six minute mark in the third to about the eight minute mark in the fourth. And sometimes a little longer. He plays like eight to, he plays anywhere from eight to 12 minute spurts so far, really small sample size. Luca then comes back in, but then there's this occasional, it's like 
there's a, a in between like the eight minute and four minute mark for the Mavericks, things get goofy. Uh, they were leading the Nets in the fourth quarter by a pretty good amount. Let me go pull this up because I was like looking at this and it's just it happened again and again. Because like you start the fourth up six and then they just don't really score very many points. Well, I guess they scored 10, but the net like the the they put in this like sort of defensive lineup and then and the nets just keep coming. And it's like if your defensive lineup's not working, kind of what's happening here? Like I just these fourth quarter things where the Mavericks go from being down to being or from being up to being down by by double day because like they were down, it was a uh, hundred to a hundred. I mean, I guess I'm misremembering the last, you know, five or six. I've got minutes. the play-by-play up. If you want me to kind of. No, I'm looking at it too. Okay, here's where. Here's where. With three minutes yeah. left, they're down yep. four, and things were just weird in that. In order to go down four, because you you start the quarter and I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really describing this right, but like, there's just this this tightness that is really reminding me of of earlier stage Mavericks that I just wouldn't have expected, and I, I don't know what the cause is and i don't know what the solution is either yeah so wood left the game in the fourth quarter and they were up 195 and then he checked back in with 545 so less than two minutes uh come off the clock and the mavericks are down 101 to 100 so and then he immediately made a three-pointer to give them back the lead um and then when did he go back out again and then he left with um, two minutes left, and I think that's the last time he played. Um, and then that's – but the, the Mavericks managed to get the game to overtime and, of course, win. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, he still hasn't had a big-minute game. He played 24 minutes tonight. No, um, and I don't understand really what was happening because they, they – I, I feel like to, to a certain degree they stole some things because they subbed, they subbed Christian Wood out for Tim Hardaway for defense. Like what? It worked. Tim had so, two blocks, which is really yeah, funny. and he had some great rebounds. But it's just like at the time, I think it's fair to to say to to question. I'm not criticizing. I'm curious as to what the thought process was there. Because would I don't think I, I don't think he had a bad defensive game. Like I'm not I'm not seeing some of the like the lapses in effort that we saw, you know, as he played with the Rockets, like I'm liking what I'm seeing because he's got these really long arms and he contests pretty well at the rim. As long as he's in the right place. I just, I don't know. I, I, I I wonder how we're going to get, how they're going to get more minutes for him because he didn't play any of the overtime, which again was a choice. I, I don't entirely understand it as all. I think the thing is right now is he's playing a lot of his minutes, uh, with Maxi and, I think at this point of the season, we're four games in, and we knew before the season even started, like it wasn't like a backroom anonymous sources say, like quotes from Wood and Kid directly in training camp. Like he has to earn the coaching staff's trust to right. be the closer. And I think we're still, even though we think, you know, what we've seen from him so far, we would do it, you know, coaching. I mean, Coaches, it takes a little like they need a little more data. They need a little more film. Like they're just not going to change stuff for you know four games in, despite whatever evidence there is. And I think 
when the going down the stretch, he didn't want Maxi off the floor because Maxi was playing a really good game and a good defensive game. Yeah, and it's like okay, so I can either do two bigs and I can only play. You know, I can't. It's basically like I can't play Hardaway. I could play Hardaway and play five out small ball with Maxi, or I can do two bigs, still five out, but it's Maxi and Wood, and then I've got uh, Luca with with uh, with Dorian and Bullock. And when you consider Dorian and Bullock were not good on offense tonight and Hardaway was like the only felt like the only perimeter player besides Luca that kind of had some juice uh, offensively in terms of like just making shots and being available for shots and, and just I don't know if he created offense but he was just available there I think kid didn't want to risk you know playing Wood Maxi the two defensive wings and Luca and worrying about like what's kind of happened the last couple games where Dorian and, and Bullock aren't really doing much because they can't get those catch and shoot looks. And then it's kind of mm. just all Luca, you know, wearing himself out trying to to literally create everything. And I think with yeah. Hardaway, it was just a little bit more open. And he still does. And then he's going to trust Kleba right now over Wood as the lone big. So See, we just so, have to wait for that. Moment. Yeah. It's just, it's like you said something there. Where it's like, well, Luca literally having to create everything. And that's what happened, though. It's not like, yeah, like no. these guys hit their shots, which is the, the point. They won. Yeah, yeah. But I, I still think that Wood offers levels of, like, they, they can't just do these ISO Luca runs forever. Like, he's going to die at some point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I think it was just like Finney Smith was having a horrible offensive game. And I think he just wanted, I don't think he wanted to close the game with, without Hardaway playing next to Luca, because Hardaway was easily the best shooter, like the best secondary scorer. Tonight. Okay. So that's, that's interesting. That's my thought process. And eventually like, they're going to have to get to a place where they can do that lineup, but it's wood instead of, of, of Kleba. Like that's the goal. I think this season is for wood to earn the trust that he's the five guy playing down the stretch and nothing against Maxi. Well, cool well, it's nice to have the options. Yeah. It's nice to sure. have the options. For sure. Hmm. And I mean, the Nets don't play very big anyway. So I mean, I mean, Simmons was playing a lot of center down the stretch, so uh, they could get away with with Maxi as the lone big. Uh, but that's my thought process. I'm not trying to say it's no, right no. or wrong. I, I'm, it's it makes sense. I mean, it's just like the process clearly worked because they won. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm not harping on it either. I just I've been <laughs> thinking a lot about the Wood stuff, and he brings elements that they need, and so they won a game without him playing outstanding, which I think is a value. Um, it's, I just would prefer to think of Wood going forward as the second option and not Luca and the Lukettes. Like that, that sort of, you know, 41 points, 14 assists or whatever it was, 11 rebounds, like good gravy. Like that's, that's not, that's not a, a sustainable thing. <laughs> like you're just waiting for them to win a game where Luca scores like 25. <laughs> right. I mean, he's leading. I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in scoring. I mean, what do we have right it's here? It's either him Ooh. or Ja right at the top. I mean, he is scoring. He's uh, been above 30 every game, right? I just, this yes. is dumb. I'm so bad at math. 35, I'm, I'm, 32, 37, 41. Yeah, 34.3 minute. No. 34.3 minutes and then points he's at 34.7 <laughs> like yeah. this is like like kobe bryant crap yeah. like this stuff yeah. hasn't been done in a decade now granted it'll go down but it's they need to win a game with him scoring 25 and then i'll feel a little bit better because good lord i mean the other thing to talk about i think is nice if we're just kind of you know shooting the shit at this point lucas hitting his free throws and yeah man he's That's shooting 87 from the line 
That's crazy. And that's yeah. not like a little jump. I mean, that's what thir- he's about 13 points over his career average, I think, which is like where it was like 74. So good. Great. Good on him. I mean, that's going to make. I mean that's a huge, huge difference. He even shot a technical free throw, which he didn't. Well, that's I mean do. that's and that's how you go from being a twenty-eight point per game score to being a thirty-one point per game score just by hitting one, you know, one more free throw a game. It makes play. It's it's. I don't know. That was that was a really delightful Luca performance and and really kind of a full Luca performance where. I didn't get to see the uh, Grizzlies game except from really far away. And against the the Suns, one of the things that made that Suns game weird, yes, he scored um, 35 points, but he went like seven or eight minutes without scoring at all. Um, and it was like third quarter where things were getting really funky. And I don't, I'm, I, it's it's just nice. Like, I, 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 I'm glad we get to tune in and watch a guy like this every night. My friend Jared Dubin was at the game because he lives in New York and he goes to Nets and Knicks games. And he's like, I forgot what it was like to watch Luca play in person. Uh, just the kind of stuff that he's able to do and get away with. And yeah, really, really nice. I, you know, beyond. Yeah. How'd uh, you like that Maxi that passed to, to Maxi? I mean, it's behind it's, the back over the head. That's one of the, like, yeah, that's like the third best pass he threw somehow. I don't know. That was incredible. <laughs> that was incredible. I will say, I, I need you to talk about this for a minute. You started laughing out loud during our stat. 311, the um, Brooklyn Nets call timeout. Uh, then we get ready to go back to the game. And what happens next? <laughs> Jason Kidd calls a timeout. Talk about this for a minute because I think this is a fun point. So I think this has been going back. So last season I noticed because um, of the NBA's new rule, I you I don't know the specific rule. I just know that like toward the end of the game, you lose, like you only get like two timeouts for like what the final three minutes or something like that. I can't yeah, remember. you lose timeouts basically if you don't use them. All right. And every, every single time kid, uh, there's a stoppage of play and kid realizes he has a timeout to burn or he's going to lose it. He always takes it, even if that means it's double timeouts. And it's hilarious because, like, a big talking point about, like, the NBA in general is just, like, what's good for the, the the state of the game in terms of, like, it being an entertainment product. And there's been a lot of hubbub about ratings and, like, the watchability of the game. And they're trying to do stuff like, you know, like the take foul and transition. They're trying to they're trying to get things out of the game that, that muck, it, muck it up and slow it down. Like, I think they even changed some re- – there's less replay now. Because they all the stoppages, like the final two minutes of an NBA game, like remember, like five or six years ago, the final two minutes of an NBA game would take like three hours, like it was just absurd. Yes. <laughs> like so, they're trying to get that out of the game and just increase the pace of play because it's more, you know, more fun to watch instead of sitting through like five minutes of commercial breaks. So it's always funny to me that like Jason, it feels like Jason Kidd has a vendetta against those rules, and just every now and then we get like a five minute break in the middle of the. In the middle of the, you know, with like three minutes left in the fourth quarter, because uh, he's going to use those timeouts, man. He's not wasting them. I love it. I love it. Just such a weird, like nothing. And I'm not, that's not a criticism. It's just funny. No, it's, it's just like it was a funny thing. Because we're sitting there and like all of us. And granted, this just happens. Like, when's the game games? Back up. Like, did, like was there a on, fight in the stands? What's going on? Like, why is right. the stoppage taking so long? Oh, another timeout. Yeah, another, um, another timeout. Also, just like while we're here, Kevin Durant is so stupidly good at basketball <laughs> he is but man you you could see the second night of that back-to-back on him in the last five minutes of the fourth and sure. how many open he missed shots? that he missed that open three from the left wing when he, yep. he shot faked and i was like oh no he just doesn't yeah. have this yeah and i want to talk about like before we go we're not a nets podcast but i just this is the first time i watched the nets and i didn't really watch them a lot last season like 
they're they're a bad team. I'm not trying to take anything from the Mavericks win, but like I was kind of shocked at how unimpressed I was with them compared to like you know where I was when I watched them, like when they almost beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs and they looked like the best, like they were just gonna take over the league for like two or three years. Like, and now what they are from that moment is just mm-hmm. it's staggering. Like they don't have an identity. There's no system. There's no style. It's literally just, okay, give the ball to Kyrie and Durant. Let's see what they can do. Um, and then if they can't do anything, we're, we're screwed. Like there's just like their, their bench, like I, they play with energy, like the Wananabe and, and, and Mills and Sumner and the unfortunately named uh, Duke Jr. Like those guys, when they, like they play with energy, like, and, and, and Claxton, but when they get the ball, it's like they have no direction. Like there's just nothing. Like they're they're not scheming guys open looks. It's literally just Durant, Kyrie taking turns, and every other guy just trying to get maybe like some garbage buckets off offensive rebounds or or something like that. Like it's it's crazy. Like I can't believe that this team like and Durant and Kyrie were. I felt like they were sleepwalking through the first three quarters until they woke up in the in, in the fourth and the end of the third. Like I don't know. Like I'm not trying to take anything away from the Mavs win. I just thought it was pretty crazy that a team with Durant and Kyrie Irving, you know, whatever criticisms you have of them as off the court or whatever, like that this team could look this lifeless and like indistinct. It's crazy. Like they don't run offense. They don't no. do anything. They just take turns dribbling and, and shooting jumpers. It's, it's crazy. Well, and then like you look at the, you look at the, the, the counts and Kyrie Irving scored 39 points on 31 shots. Kevin Durant scored 37 points on 21 shots, 10 fewer shots, two less points. And yeah. it's, it's, he kind of like Kyrie took 14 threes and he kind of, <laughs> for a while, he, he, he got baited into a bit of a duel because he took like, I think he got fouled really hard or something. I, I can't remember. It was in like the first quarter. I remember thinking, oh, because they're like Kyrie Irving, despite his proclivity for making really difficult shots, he's, he is actually like not as good around the rim as you might think. Um, but then like tonight he's just hitting everything like it felt like, and then I'm looking at, he missed and he missed 17 shots. And I'm like, where did those 17 misses come from? Cause I feel like he made everything. Um, but they're, yeah. yeah, they're just, a, they're a peculiar, peculiar team. Glad we don't have to cover them. No, my God. If I was, if I was mad about the way the Mavericks would lose games where Lucas scores all the points and no one else does anything, I would tear my hair out watching this, this Nets team. Cause that's basically it's basically their team until they get Seth Curry back, I guess. But man, um, just wanted to get that. I mean, we're not in Nets. Oh, podcast. sure. I'm sorry, but that was just I like, like I was watching the whole game and I wasn't tweeting a lot tonight because I just didn't want to. And I was just like, man, there at no point was I like this Nets team is scaring me. Like every time the Mavericks they made a run, I was like, well, this is just fueled because the Mavericks are playing like ding dongs. Uh, and then when the Mavericks didn't, they would go right. run and take a lead. Like uh, it was just crazy. So. Anyway, right. still good win. Good win for the Well, this has been fun. Um, I'm sorry my voice is garbo again, team. I uh, once again don't feel the best because I am somehow mildly allergic to Texas, but I, I hope I don't sound too <laughs> terrible. Um, we'll have one day off, and then we have a, a back, our first back-to-back of the season against, I want to say, Oklahoma City first, and then the Magic on Sunday. So we'll have a lot of stuff, a lot of game content. Please check out MavsMoneyBall.com. Uh, let us know what you think to download and uh, subscribe or, you know, follow me on Spotify live. Cause we will definitely be, be covering those games uh, or hopping on that after games. I'm going to do that right now. 
this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. Thanks so much for uh, spending part of your evening or your morning with us. Have a good day, guys.